Hey everybody, it's Robert Downey Jr. here. I was Iron Man, and I hated Captain America, but I wanted to let you know that I love a comedy advice podcast with Stefan. Stefan's the best. And that is a really bad impression of Robert Downey Jr., but I want you guys to stay tuned because I'm plugging a little teaser of a really good impression from a very special guest. His name's Adam Ray. So Adam Ray, you might be thinking, that sounds familiar. Oh, maybe it's because you've seen him in Arrested Development or Curb Your Enthusiasm or maybe in the movie with Sandra Bullock and Melissa Carthy, The Heat, Spy, or maybe his most recent film, The Bellman. Oh, or maybe you've heard him as the voice of Slimer in Ghostbusters. Or maybe you saw him in the 2016 season of Mad TV. I do not have enough good things to say about Adam Ray. In fact, after the show, I say, Adam, thank you so much. Good luck at your show. I I just wanted to say, both you and Brad, you guys have been awesome. You guys are like making my dream come true by coming on the show, being hilarious, and helping my podcast grow. So I just wanted to say, you're doing so much. And I know you talked a little bit about it. You're thinking you should always be doing things. I think that you're growing, you're growing, you're planting seeds in all these different places. And it's really showing. And I think you are so good at everything that you've been doing. I can tell that you've been practicing honing your craft and and grinding. So, so just I'm turning on a compliment shower, hopefully getting you a little wet. Yeah, dude. So yeah, I told Adam that after the show and then he told me, fuck, where was this during the episode? (laughs) (laughs) I hope you guys enjoy. And then I also hope that you support Adam. So go follow him. You can find all the links to where you can find him in the show notes. And then you can also find a link to the tickets if you are a Phoenix listener. Because he's going to be in Phoenix this week. And he's going to be at CB Live. It's going to be a little earlier because of the curfew. But you can still go have a good time. You can find all the details in the link. And go support him. If you if you can't end up making it, follow him on Instagram. Check out his website for future tour dates. And have a good time. Guys, one more thing. Really appreciate all of your love and support about the show. If you haven't yet, please subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell grandma about the show. And then leave a review. That means so much to us. and We really appreciate it. We'll read them on the podcast if we get funny ones. So thank you so much, guys. All right. See what time it is? It's comedy time. A comedy advice podcast. An advice podcast for deaf and, and friends to make exaggerated statements not meant to be taken literally. What was that, Seven? A uh, comedy advice podcast. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Oh, dude. How's it going, man? Hey, man. How's, is this all right? Does it look all right? You look marvelous. It's crystal clear picture. I can see cool. all the vibrant colors of your hat and shirt. It's just great. Nice. I've got a um, better mic I can do unless... Unless this is fine, but I'd have to hold it up like a game show mic. So I think this is better. This cool. is this is beautiful. Your voice is coming off great. Your voice is actually great. way better than mine. So I'm just trying to bring down the quality of your voice down a little bit so that we're we're a little equal. Nice. Yeah. By the way, I have to thank you for making me think that Robert Downey Jr. admitted to all of Instagram that he pees sitting down. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if I'm gonna get sued by him or Chris. But- <laughs> You know, I welcome it on. And the impression is spot on. I I really thought it was him for a good, the first view. I had to see it three times. I've gotten so many people uh, telling me that. And it's, you know, I, I, you know, I started out like doing, you know, when I was really discovering that I could make people laugh, it was through 
mimicking friends, two friends, or impersonating teachers, or in fourth grade impersonating uh, a girl that I had a crush on, but she didn't <laughs> like me because I had tits and and um, and she had a crush on my buddy, so I would call him and pretend to be her and, and prank call him and just to make other buddies laugh. <laughs> so I could always do that, but I've never considered myself like an impressionist. But there's a handful of ones I've I've done. And when I went to my buddy's um, water sports camp, that was for Christians. It wasn't not for Jews, but I was only Jew there, and they <laughs> made it pretty apparent that I was that that was the case. Oh no. Um, because they the the guy kept trying to convert me i was like i'm just gonna fucking jet ski man and um you know i can jet ski on shabbat too what, i don't know what you guys <laughs> are with christ but uh so so then i was like all right i think i can like do voices pretty well but i never it's like you have to be the impression comic or not but i i just i do act out it's a lot of my act i like doing that and that's i think flexing the acting muscle and definitely uh, you know leaving uh, USC acting school, you know, I started doing standup um, as a way to keep being on stage. And also I always wanted to, and it was, uh, you know, just kind of a myriad of reasons of like SNL people I know had a standup background and really just wanting to continue being on stage. Cause I love doing theater so much. And, and I always kind of had a knack for making people laugh. And so anyway, long story short, uh, uh, I started doing voiceover work, you know, it takes a while, like anything auditioning for 10 plus years, finally started getting some steady work. And uh, one of the first gigs I got was doing ADR for Bruce Willis for uh, like the last like five movies that he did uh, in the uh, early 2000s and, and like Red and Red 2 and G.I. Joe and, and um, the surrogates and um, uh, Traceable, I think. And so then that kind of got me in that world of, of ADR and um, and then I did Ben Affleck for a few and so Robert Downey Jr. was one that I did that was um, it was just kind of a voice that I never really thought about doing I just kind of did it but it was like you know okay I've been in this movie I've been Iron Man I've, I've done these movies I've look I, I've got a Facebook page I don't use it somebody runs it for me um, I've got a fan page I log in on that every now and then <laughs> sometimes I'll DM somebody on Twitter or LinkedIn it's, I, don't, I don't do I have to go outside what, what are we doing right now are we inside are we outside somebody tell me Oprah's outside or she's inside I see her. She's got a patio. So then it was just like, I kind of was doing Dr. Evil and just keeping everything just really like closed mouth. And, mm-hmm. you know, for any impression, you know, there's people that can truly change the way their voice sounds entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones that I do are like more or less in my register, you know, I like Jay Leno was like, definitely just a little bit high RPA, you know, <laughs> just a little bit high, you know, so Steven, Steven too. So we saw Steven too. Was gonna be a, a parson, but apparently it's just a piece of technology. So what the fucking let them? What a dick teens coming up next? Dick and dick teens is gonna be on the show. And then you know, like, uh, you know, like I've been doing Doctor Phil a lot on Adam Carolla, you know, and, and so yes. that, that might be the only one, okay, that's just a little bit outside of my range. But you know, we troubled teenagers. You know, their problem is okay if you're an orphan and you don't and you've yet. Look, 69ing a stranger is only <laughs> bad if they've got herpes. When I vote, you know, and that goes for anyone that works at Quiznos. Like, <laughs> so I don't usually, I don't usually do voices that are like way out of my, I guess, range. But yeah, um, but I, but I do again, like act, act outs and That's- whether it's for a story or just, um, you know, talking about my old drunk roommate or my mom or, or yeah. whoever. That that part I've always enjoyed uh, of performing because it 
A, I think it helps tell the story better and B is just so fun. And it makes me feel like, you know, that's how I started um, doing anything was being on stage and acting and being, you know, performing. So, so to do uh, stand up and not have that uh, muscle being flexed is uh, just something I'm probably not ever going to not do. That's awesome. And I was going to say, I listened to some episodes of your podcast too. And you also do it's, it's, I'm going to ask you what it's like without Brad now, but I was going to say during a lot of the intros, yeah. I heard the, the hi there, Trevor, the pervert, and like, oh, a yeah. lot. and uh, Cleveland Brown. Perfect. Yeah. That's my, that's my, that's, that's my boy, Mike Henry, who does, that's the real guy who does Cleveland and Herbert. Oh, no way. I thought, so I wasn't sure if it was the actual voice or if it was you, because if it was you, you did a, I was going to oh, say you no. did a damn good I wish, job. I mean, you know, I think, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, no, that's that's Mike Henry, the actual voice of, of Cleveland and Herbert. So um, he's a he's a homie and he he graciously did that. So, um, yeah, without Brad, uh, different, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed, you know, he started doing the podcast and then asked me when he got asked to do a podcast. He was like, will you do it with me? I don't want to do it by myself. And I was like, yeah, that might seem fun doing it with somebody and playing off each other sorry i bore myself with my own fucking music <laughs> story but um and so we uh we started jamming and it was uh super fun and we just had a good rapport a good back and forth and then you know cut to what five six years later 500 episodes um we uh we had kind of you know just gotten real close and and just had a lot of fun and gotten to chat with a lot of really cool people and and then he had his kid and he was like, you know, I think it's time for me to just focus on that and stand up. And, um, and I couldn't argue with that, but I'd put so much time and energy and money into it on, on top of what we'd done together. And, and I just wanted to keep again, flexing that muscle and you get so much out of it. And the people that I continue to meet, it's a great thing to always have in your pocket to, um, you know, uh, stir up relationships and, and, you know, gets conversations going with people you wouldn't otherwise. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I just said on this uh, comedian magician, Justin Wilman, who uh, had his third season of Magic for Humans on Netflix. And I'd known him, you know, uh, sporadically. So it was cool to have that as an excuse to do a full on hour and change chat. You know, Sue Bird, you know, from the Seattle Storm or, um, you know, my boy, Adam Devine. I, there's just so many people that it's fun to have that as a an outlet to to chat with but you know it it also is a lot of work and and um i do miss the the two-person thing but there's a lot of advantages to having it just be me too where just less uh it's definitely become more of a a a conversation than a i think a big silly hang like brad and i were doing but um right but it's you know it's still fun it's um it's just different you know yeah, I mean, I've listened to a couple of episodes pre and post, and then I, I think you nailed it. It's it's big, silly, 
and then a little less silly, but still sometimes, I mean, you had on one episode, uh, was it Jonathan Kite? And I forgot the name of the other actor, but Willie Garson, Willie Garson that were starring alongside you in the Bellman, which yeah. <laughs> I just finished, finished watching. It was hilarious. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. It's real, real silly. Y- yeah. yeah those, that, was, that episode was real fun. And even like the one with Nikki Glazer, uh, was real fun. And, and, but, uh, yeah, it uh, it just Brad and I were just always looking to make each other laugh and and uh, kind of you know top the other one with the funniest joke. So right. when you have that kind of a dynamic, it's obviously going to be real fun to listen to. And um, and I think you know just like any good piece of chemistry or, or relationship, like I think Brad and I's friendship came through the podcast, and I think people dug uh, listening to that. You know, mm-hmm. so. That's awesome. And I was going to say, too, for the listeners that don't know, you just provide a cornucopia of entertainment. Like you've said, you've done voiceover. You're an actor. You've appeared. You were the voice of Slimer in Ghostbusters. You starred yeah. in the the film The Bellman that we just talked about, which came out last month, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah. Two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. You are going to be in a show that's coming out on Hulu, Crossed Swords or Crossing Swords. Crossing Swords. Yeah. Oh, man. That show is going to be uh, so funny. We're actually just starting to record season two. But yeah, it's me, Seth Green, Tony Hale, Brecken Meyer, uh, Nicholas Holt, um, Tara Strong, uh, Nicole uh, Yvette uh, Brown, um, uh, Adam Pally. It's a, from the guys that uh, did Robot Chicken, and it's a filthy medieval times <laughs> show, and it's all claymation, and it's so funny man i think it's gonna crush but they're dropping i think all 13 episodes of season one on june 12th on hulu so yeah no, definitely peep that nice yeah no that looks yeah. awesome i looked at the the trailer and it looks absolutely bonkers but in a hilarious way i can feel the flavors of robot chicken coming through so oh, totally. Uh, but I was also going to go back to the stand-up. So besides everything that you do, you, you're also a, a hilarious stand-up comedian. I've seen endless clips online. I'm really excited to see you in Phoenix, June 4th through June 7th, for all our Phoenix listeners. But um, from everything that I've seen, I feel like... So I watched your special a while ago uh, that came out last year, Read the Room. Right. Yeah. You, you fuck it. You crushed it. You absolutely crushed it. It was just joke after joke and laugh after laugh. And I was going to say, too, out of a lot of the things that I've seen from when you're at the Laugh Factory from the special, it's just you seem to be one of the best comedians that I've ever seen do crowd work. And I was going to ask about that a little bit because even in your special, the first five minutes, you start with crowd work and you're like, hey, what are you doing? This guy. (laughs) <laughs> this guy uh says he's fine he finances dreams and fixes nightmares something ridiculous that you totally played off of yeah dude that was yeah i i well thanks <clears throat> i it's like when you're you know if you're hosting i i hosted a lot before i uh well, when i first started just to kind of get gigs and and get on shows i wouldn't have a spot on otherwise and I think I really picked up a good knack for welcoming people like to the party and like, and when now when I headline, and I go up there, I, I don't just jump. I, I don't feel comfortable just jumping right into my act or anything. So I kind of have to like get a lay of the land and shoot the shit and kind of whatever. And I, it's also, it makes me um, more present and it like, it just dials me in right away. If I have to, um, uh, 
you know, have an organic opening where it's not planned. And there's the uncertainty that is talking to the audience. And I really, it makes me raise my game. It makes me, I think it's fun for the audience. If you can start off on a note like that and get laughs from something that wasn't prepared. I think right away, they're like, oh shit, what's this going to be? What, who's this guy? What's this all about? If they're at the show and they're not familiar with me. And, um, and, and it's fun for me. It's, it's, you know, I do new stuff on stage all the time, um, material wise, but the crowd work peppered in beginning, middle. And I mean, I've ended a lot of shows on just big crowd work moments because I was just rolling the dice and I'm through my closer, but then I just got greedy and stayed on and, and didn't get off on a laugh and then kind of dug a hole for a few minutes and then, you know, was patient and found something fun to get out on. But I think it's really cool when the audience can be in on that and they recognize that like, Oh, this is happening in the moment only right now for all of us. And again, it's, a it's something that I, it just, I got good at and I, I do pride myself on it. Cause I know that not a lot of comedians do it, but are also really are patient with it. Like I think I, how I am. And, and I studied the best from doing that Greg Gerardo and Harlan Williams and, um, Big J Oakerson is really funny. Yeah, <clears throat> just yeah. patience is um is the thing that is key for that, and listening, and then getting to yeah. a point where you trust that you're going to be able to get out of anything or handle anything. There have been t- times when I've had things thrown at me early on where I was just like fuck and just scrambling, but thank God I stayed in the pocket and committed to getting through it, and just you know uh, you just get better and better at doing that. I mean, there's. And, and, and learning from those mistakes. There's times where I let my ego get in the way and lost my cool and then go, all right, fuck, that felt awful and that was not professional. Uh-huh. So now I know next time not to get involved with this person in Reno uh, who's in their 80s uh, about political uh, choices because there's a chance after the show I'm going to tell him and his fat fuck wife that, that I'll see him in hell. And <laughs> and th- that felt awful. <laughs> my opener, Sandy was like, Oh my God. He's like, I've never heard you so angry. I was like, I don't know who that guy was, but that, that did not feel good. So, uh, uh I was going to ask too, did you, so on stage, has it ever, I'm sure it has, but are there times when it's gone wrong where I think that you are very delicately balancing the line between being an asshole in a funny way where sometimes oh, yeah. you, you might, you might tip that scale and, and be just an asshole. Totally. And has that ever happened to you? And yeah, I mean that example I just told you—that's probably one of the worst ones. And did it happen on stage, or was it afterwards? That was afterwards. But I let okay. I let my cool uh, come out from under me on stage, and and got and it. got the show back, you know, because I. But now it's—I uh, mean, shit! Did I had a guy make a white supremacist comment in Pittsburgh, and oh, he did it as a joke. But then I went back and watched the tape, and I was like, because I thought maybe there'd be a fun clip there. It was not good, and it was also. You know, I, I went back to it too much. I, I, I could have, there was a moment where I could have ignored it and he and his mom could have stayed, but I went back to it and said something else that just was weird. And then a couple next to him said something that kind of highlighted it and then the whole room got weird. So oh. it's just, you know, I always try to kill it with kindness, keep the audience on my side so that I do have the jurisdiction to like slam them if need be. But I like everyone. I don't want to kick anyone out of the show. And I think everyone deserves a chance to, if somebody says something out of turn or if they get not everyone is comfortable being put on the spot too. And you have to recognize that if I'm talking to someone and they, they're like nervous and they're like, well, you're fucking, why, why don't you fucking just do your jokes, man? You know, you to get like, fuck you, man. Like, well, I will do my own. Don't tell me how to do my show. 
yeah. isn't the right response because you have to give that guy a little bit of benefit of the doubt and go, all right, maybe he didn't think he was going to get talked to, and maybe he's not good at handling just off the cuff things like that. Some people are way into it. Booze helps. Sometimes it makes it worse. But um, I think sitting back and being patient and letting the moment build and trusting yourself to have some silence and get all the information before you just strike with a response is what takes time with crowd work. Because early on, you're just like not listening. So you're like, fuck, say something funny. It's been eight seconds and there's been no laughter and you just panic. And then they say something and you weren't listening and you're like, yeah, that's why your pants are fucking, that's why you got fucking, fucking weird pants. So I just gotta, you know, so it's like, you just, you have to be dialed in and, so again, like starting the show, ending the show in the middle, I have now gotten to a point to where I can navigate in and out of material and crowd work and just whether it's prepared material or off the cuff or there's bits sometimes I'm like, uh, I'm going to work that out maybe this week. And then something will happen that aligns with that. And then mm-hmm. I'll end up just doing that new bit or something, which is great. And again, yeah. that's just the thing that takes time where you're so dialed in and comfortable to where you can be thinking steps ahead while you're in the moment, you know? Got it. And I, you, so you've got your first show post Rona coming up in 35 yeah. minutes. I think it's going to be fine. I mean, you know, I'm going to clean the mics. People are pretty far back. It's, I'm definitely nervous. I know it's going to be all good. And it's, I'm trying to take the pressure off myself as far as like not having everything memorized that's new and the order of stuff and, you know, it's, it's already going to be different, but, um, you know, I want to be safe and, and make sure everything's the precautions, um, have all been taken, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I have not gone this long for a break from stand up ever. I think maybe two weeks is the longest I've ever gone since I started Damn. almost 14 years ago. And, um, yeah, so it'll be interesting. I mean, Brad told me uh, he was one of the first guys to go out uh, in Oklahoma a few weeks ago, and he mm-hmm. said it felt great. Got standing oh, the audience was super yeah. appreciative. But Jeff Dye told me a lot of throwaway lines were getting laughs, and people were just real generous and excited. And so I'm pumped for that. And um, I hope there's people there. I don't. I know the tomorrow shows are pretty good. I don't know about tonight, but regardless, yeah. late nights at the comedy store have prepped me for any size of uh, a crowd. You know, twelve forty-five, one fifteen, when there's eight people, five people, two people I've done. And you just, you do your thing regardless. Obviously, the energy might be different. If there's 15 people tonight, because they're capping at like 150, I think there's over 100 for every show, which would be good. So that's enough to like really get some momentum and have a good a good night of fun. But yeah, no. man, it's, uh, it's, it's weird. I haven't, like traveling and then being in a hotel and just going to the club, it's like, I haven't done it in um, almost... In Mar- my last show weekend was in Dallas, March um, 11th through the 13th. And then I had to wow. cancel my weekends shortly after that. So that's yeah, that's almost three months. Damn. Right? Damn, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you're going to do great, man. You're hilarious. Uh, I, I so it. And, and the, the clubs are taking precautions. I think people are excited to get out. It seems like they're doing half capacity. They're doing temperature checks, things like that. Are you doing anything to make sure you're staying safe? I've been wearing a mask. Haven't been going too many places. I mean, you wipe stuff down, try to wash your hands as much as possible. But um, as far as prep, you just shit, man, staying away from the big groups and even being on stage. I'm a Brad city state, pretty 
close to the back of the stage. I'll probably try to, you know, emulate that and um, not do meet and greets, I think. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, there's a few comics that were already telling me like, some things are opening up and here's the bars we can go to. And I'm like, fuck that, man. Like, I'm not here to party. Like, here to here to test this out and, and get back to the hotel room, unfortunately. And, there, yeah. and you know, I got work and shit yeah. to do. And But, uh, you know, you, even though things are easing up and and these clubs are going to start to test this out and, and see if it's something they can do consistently. Still got to be careful, man. It's just somebody, um, a fan hit me up today. It was like 95 more cases just, you know, dropped in Utah today. So she's Shit. like, just fucking be careful. So, Damn. Um, so yeah, Damn. I'll probably, I don't know. I'll mask it up while I'm in the green room. And I think when I'm on, before I go on, take it off, fucking Batman go. style and just roll out there and, there you go. And just fucking see how it goes. I'm not even really planning. You know, I have, again, like I have kind of like a base set, but like I'm really not trying to plan that first moment. I kind of want to walk out and just wing it, hit the stage and take it in and just fucking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Kind of let the moment uh, dictate what's going to happen. Well, don't breathe too deep because, you know, Rona, but that's bold. I like it. That's good. Thank you. Cool, man. By the way, are you, you're one of those assholes that call it the Rona, huh? I am, yeah. Well, I'm from Scottsdale, so it's kind of... That's like A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez calling himself A-Rod. Or, like, the... It is a very, I guess, like... I don't know, like, to, to abbreviate things that... It's, it also makes it sound... That's just the culture we live in, by the way, to, to take a deadly viral disease and turn it into like a cool give it like a cool nickname you know even covid sounds like a club that like you know pregnant girls can't get into <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's kind of true yeah or like a new affliction yeah. sub brand yeah welcome to COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i like that well i know we've yeah, only got at COVID, so <laughs> that's how i get in there that's how i fucking ran in <laughs> the bartender uh well well Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. That, that improv was over. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say thank you so much. I know we've got about nine minutes, so I was going to see if we yeah. could go into a little bit of the self-help portion of the podcast. Um, awesome. Let's go into it. We're going to start and fuel ourselves with an inspirational quote. And Love before those. we before we get into our quote, I was going to ask you, do you have any inspirational quotes that you live by or help you brighten your days in the dark ones? Yeah. Um... You know, my mom told me this quote a long time ago from Michael Jordan, actually, ironically. Oh, wow. Uh, that was, um, he said, I can't, I can accept failure, but I can't accept not trying. And that stuck with me, man. And, uh, and it's truly something you have to kind of embody to take a stab at the entertainment business in any fashion, because there is a lot of uncertainty and rejection and, I just kind of adapted that early on and, and really tried to make sure that I was going, jumping in with both feet and not dilly-dallying on anything and not wasting time. You know, I, I'm constantly, unfortunately, feeling like I'm not doing enough or that, you know, I, I um, you know, uh, instead of sleeping, should be doing this. I mean, it's just a, a, a double-edged sword of... of um, you know, 
doing a lot and then trying to be satisfied with it and then getting rest, but then being like, I gotta, I should be doing this right now. And my mind's always racing like that, but, but getting comfortable with like putting your best out there. And then if it's not, um, you know, reciprocated, then being okay with that. But it's like for auditions, for example, for, for movies or TV shows, I prepare, I go in and I feel like I did my thing and represented myself the best of my abilities then I'm okay not getting it. I mean, I it sucks, and you there's certain jobs that I've wanted so bad, and a few gotten, but way more not gotten, mm-hmm. and and that sucks. And it's like I'm, you know, to think about some of them right now, I even get those feelings that I had in, in the moment where it's pretty devastating. And I remember even on a few of them, just being like, I don't know if I'm going to keep going after this. I know I am because quitting is just not an option, and I'm just too into it and it's a too much a part of just feeds everything um about who i am but yeah that quote really stuck with me of of just you know <clears throat> at some point oh we got the covid okay. at some point not uh not you know succumbing to the idea that that you can't do something um but also shit man thinking smart and, and prioritizing and it's i, like I definitely that. have jumped into things where i probably could have spent time on something else and i don't know if it's i don't think wasting time but um, yeah that's a skill set too that just takes time to get good at figuring out what to put your time into so that you're moving the needle um yeah in the right way i, I love that that's really inspirational i think that's true too with sex with my wife because if i didn't try as much as i did it would happen maybe a third of the time so if i fail it's okay whatever but i think that increases that success rate the more you try so yeah dude nice how long have you been married uh i for eight... sure thought you were staying on somebody's couch but go on. <laughs> um about eight years seven years wow. yeah did you like it love it love it man yeah. she's she's brazilian so i ended up meeting her through me learning portuguese she already spoke english pretty well uh, but isn't yeah. that the uh that's what happened in love actually with colin Firth's character it was inspired based on our story actually we submitted it to hilarious them. yeah yeah nice. so so nice. yeah it, a lot of fun though well thank you so much for sharing that quote we've also yeah. got a quote furnished for us i think we can probably end on this but we're going to try and decipher this quote it comes from a robot actually it's called inspirobot and it uses ai to generate some of the most motivational quotes using the most inspirational words known to man okay so are you ready for this week's quote from inspirebot let's do it all right this week's quote from the robot a good man is the husband who cleans his sanity but a better man is the husband who cleans his magic you cut out there at the end, but that sounded fucking great. Oh, okay. So uh, here, I'll try again. Something about a magic dick at the end? <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think so. A good man is the husband who cleans his sanity, but a better man is the husband who cleans. I'm almost sounding like Joe. Hey, Peter. A good man is the husband who cleans his sanity. Nice. A good man is the husband who cleans his sanity. Better man is the husband who cleans his magic. So what? what, what do we do now? What's... Now, now we say that quote we end, or is that are you trying? To, are you looking for some sort of? Am I trying to d- dissect that? We're just going to leave it on that. No, no, we're going to try and figure out what it means to us. So, oh. 
Go ahead. What, what's your you, – you take a stab first. All right. I'm going to take a stab, and then you can criticize me. So I'm thinking a good man, husband who cleans his sanity. Maybe that's the everyday – maybe this is a metaphor. It's the everyday chores that they do to make sure that they stay sane and being there for their significant other being a good husband to their wife. And then they also, if they do magic, that's probably really embarrassing. So a better husband takes the magic, hides it, so the wife and kids don't know about it. That, that <laughs> I dig that. that, that that'll go for us. I just remembered one other quote, actually, that I got from a Panda Express fortune cookie. Oh. And a girlfriend uh, put it in my um, phone case, the back of my phone case, because... She goes, this sums you up so well. And we were a little high and chowed down <laughs> some orange chicken. And, and to get this was just crazy. And it definitely, I don't know if you can read it. Fuck you, Stefan. Wow, that's very specific. No, I can't read it. <laughs> Who knew Panda Express? <laughs> fucking anti-Stefan. Uh, no. That would be great if it said that. Oh, man. People... People, a good man is a husband who cleans his sanity, but a better man is a husband who cleans his magic. No, I mean, what if it just said too legit, too legit to quit? No, it um, it uh, says people first, tasks second. That's it. I don't know if that's a quote or a proverb or a a motto or it probably could have just said fucking I get knocked down, but I get up again, chumbawamba. <laughs> that sounded like it, just, it came from a Chinese corporation or something. That was a memo of some analyst that was writing down. Yeah, it was their uh, their rules to live by in the uh, <laughs> your first employee meeting. Yeah, I, <laughs> there's never really been a job I've had that I've taken. Like Universal Studios, when I worked there, they their whole thing was like, I think two two what was it two ten or th- three ten where it was like acknowledge someone at or ten and two maybe like acknowledge someone at ten feet away say hello at two at two feet i think um if you're oh. like a kid this, this is like for the characters when i was doing like wolverine it was like see them at 10 feet acknowledge and then at, at two feet fucking give them the memory um by the way definitely what how dan bilzerian conducts his life too and if you don't know who dan bilzerian is look up that guy he is a just modern day hugh hefner on steroids that has guns boats yachts drones Every third video of him on Instagram is a drone shot of him with like 90 naked women on a boat fucking playing Twister and fingering each other and eating Kobe beef sliders and just living. He's also the owner of the club COVID, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems yeah. on brand for him. He's also he's also the guy who probably told Panda Express to. <laughs> you have that amount of power. I feel like the Panda will listen to just about uh, anything you say. But um uh, Albertsons, it's your store, which that was their slogan. Um, <laughs> didn't really. That, that I don't really get benefits. I was like, I will still steal toothpaste and garlic bread if that's what you mean by it's my store. I, I heard about that two weeks before you were gonna peace out too, right? Oh uh, yeah, I stole, well, stole beer and film, and and they put in cameras like right. Oh, as, it was a bummer too. I let down my boss. So it was, it was, uh, it was a, that was a tough pill to swallow. Cause I was like a, a treasured employee and a lot of fun and did a good job and, and, and was there for four years all through high school. And in the last two weeks I get fucking caught stealing. And it's like, oh, oh. And I, my boss was just like, he showed me that he's like, what's going on. I go in his office. He's like, you good? I was like, hey, man, pretty good day. Just, uh, 
you know, going to school in two weeks is crazy. I'm going to be going to LA. It's, I'm going to miss this place. He's like, yeah. Oh. On TV, like, he's like, recognize that guy? I go, hey. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And I was like, and I just kind of look at him and I was like, my girlfriend broke up with me. And he was like, you're fired. And I was like, God. I was like, sorry, man. He's like, it's like really two weeks before you're leaving? I was like, yeah, fuck. But, you know. Damn. I took a little comfort knowing that, you know, he thought that was a one-time deal. Little did he know. It's probably a good year and a half of stealing deodorant and fucking candy bars. <laughs> Just like a shitty Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, that I think, I know we're running up on time. That is a perfect note to end on. Adam, okay, cool. it was awesome to have you. Thank you so much sure. for joining. Anytime, man. We'll do it again sometime. Thanks for having me and... and- Appreciate you reaching out to plug the uh, the shows in AZ. People come out if you can. I think they're capping things at a hundred. But aside from stand up, I got a buddy that lives out there. We do um, we end the show with musical improvised crowd work. His name is Jeremy Shockley, an incredible guitar player, and nice. actually uh, written a couple uh, quarantine specific songs that will be debuting. So Apple oh. Blues Live, June fourth through the seventh. Come out if you want a little taste of that. There's shit of Jeremy and I uh, from our last time at Copper Blues on my YouTube page. So just just type in Adam Ray. Uh, even better i'll put it right in the show notes and i was going to ask there you go. is there anywhere is there anything else anywhere else people can find you um yeah instagram adam ray comedy twitter adam ray comedy uh, adam ray comedy.com for tour dates and, and all that jazz and and crossing swords june 12th on hulu go see the bell minutes on amazon and um and uh yeah that's about it awesome well thank you very much adam Good thank you everyone man. for listening we will talk yeah. at you next week bye-bye